does living your best look like? Jesus showed us. All of it to the cross. Everything I want to do for my own purposes so that I can look good in front of people, I pin it to the cross. Every time I feel like telling somebody what I feel like telling them, when I feel like telling them, how I feel like telling them, but I don't. And instead I pray and I use it as an opportunity to minister. That's living your best life. Every time you die to your own will, to live for God's will, that is living your best life. You cannot live your best life without living the life the creator has given you. Anything else is counterfeit. Yes, it is. It is that time of the day, that time of the week. I pray you are excited. I am excited. Anybody ready at home right here at 95 Hamilton Street, ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Amen. Let's, let's stand. Let's stand in his presence. As we pray, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity that we have to come. Lord, my prayer this morning is simple, as, as you know, Lord. Help me to engage to equip, to empower, and to encourage these, your precious children, these, your people, oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, help me to declare publicly what you have given to me in our secret place. I decrease as you increase until there's no me left. May they hear you through me in the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. We're going to come out of our opening scripture this morning. Our opening scripture is coming out of Luke chapter 15, verse 7. Luke chapter 15, verse 7, and it reads this. It says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not have a need to repent. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You may be seated in his presence. The word of the Lord this morning that he's given to me to give to you is entitled winning. It's entitled winning. You know, I, I remember uh, it was some, some time ago under, under leadership of, of our own pastor, Todd Foster, had a, a friend that came. Um, his name was Pastor Todd Redding from uh, uh, Syracuse, New York, and he came with a very simple yet powerful message, and it's still, it's stuck with me forever, and it, you'll hear it integrated all and in throughout this word. And he came up to the platform, and he said one simple word. He said, Church on the Rock, I say to you, when, 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 whatever your situation is, I say to you, when and in that moment it made it made so much sense and God is is wants to speak to us today about that that very that very very absolute topic that that God I believe is just kind of screaming in heaven hoping that you hear it today. Uh, I want to take you back. I want to take you back this morning real quick uh, uh, to to the date. The date was let me see here February first, two thousand 
and 15. February 1st, 2015, it was, it was the Super Bowl. It was the Patriots were, were going against the, the Seattle Seahawks. And I was looking forward to this game, and I got my, my stuff together, and I, and, I, and I went and I got in front of anybody who knows me knows I am a, I am a, a Patriots fan. And so I went to, to, to go see my team compete for the Super Bowl. So I'm watching the game, and the entire game is a riveting game. I'm at the edge of my seat the, the, entire, the entire time. And so finally, here we get to the fourth, the fourth quarter. The Patriots are up by four points. And the Seattle Seahawks, they have the, the, the ball, and they're getting ready to score. They've got this monster of a running back. His name is Marshawn Lynch. If the Seattle Seahawks hand the ball off to this guy, there's just no stopping him. He's probably going to march into the end zone, and the Seattle Seahawks will win. And so they, they call hike, and the quarterback backs up to pass the ball. They didn't run the ball. They passed the ball. And the quarterback, he throws the ball, and it gets into intercepted by Malcolm Butler of the, of the uh, New England Patriots and he goes down and the Patriots stop them from scoring and the New England Patriots win at that time the fifth Super Bowl and let me tell y'all church in Iraq I almost lost my mind I almost lost my mind. I ran around my house. I might have opened up the door. I'm screaming outside, yeah, yeah, we won. We won. We won. We won. I'm running up and down the street. We won. I called my brother. I called my, I'm calling everybody. You thought we were going to lose. We, so I'm going on and on. And after I caught my breath, whoo, what a game. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, what what now? <laughs> what do I do now? In a moment after I celebrated, and I'm telling y'all, I, I, I celebrated. Sheer excitement overflowed through me as the Patriots hoisted their fifth Super Bowl trophy. But after the after the game, I couldn't help, I couldn't help. I, I'm not trying to make it deep, but I couldn't help but think about how hard I was celebrating for a bunch of millionaires that probably do not care if I even exist or ever existed. But I was so happy. I was so happy for them and I cheered and I was, I was hoarse. I was hoarse for the next two or, or, or three days. I was, I was super hoarse and, and, and that's how much I, I celebrated. And in the, in the midst of this, after my, my, my celebration, it got me thinking. It got me thinking about, about something that, that the Lord started touching my heart about. It got me thinking about what wins we tend to celebrate in life and why. What wins do you tend to celebrate in life and why are those the wins that you celebrate? My, my concern is the grim idea that some of us, and we've heard this all before on a Super Bowl Sunday or something, but it rings so true. My concern that, 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 is that some of us, we, 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 we only celebrate uh, the, the, the wins of our favorite sports teams, and we're not recognizing the wins that are, that are taking place around us. Listen, the reality is all of us who are saved and determined to walk in the will of God every day, all of us who are saved sanctified and determined to walk in the will of God every single day. We experience wins all the time. We experience wins all the time. The question is this, do we know when we're winning? Do we know? Do we know when 
when we're winning? What wins do you celebrate in life and why? Or what wins do you miss out on celebrating and why? Listen, oftentimes we, we struggle celebrating our wins because our perspective is off concerning what real winning looks like. We completely miss the opportunity. Who doesn't want to celebrate a win? It feels so good to celebrate a win, to experience that moment of victory and triumph. Who doesn't want to celebrate a win? Yet all the time we miss out on the opportunities to celebrate our wins. Why? Because oftentimes our perspective on winning is off. And so we miss out on it completely. As a result, there are times when we win, but we don't celebrate or get encouraged because we get caught up in the world's standard of winning. We get all caught up in what the world calls winning. And so, and so there may be a kingdom win and you just keep walking around like, like you've lost. Day after day after day. What wins do you celebrate in life? And why are those the wins you, you celebrate? Listen, here's the reality. You've got to make sure that your perspectives of winning are right on point. Otherwise, you'll always feel defeated. Ever wonder how you can see a child of God who is saved, redeemed? Jesus Christ conquered the grave. He conquered the grave. He closed the gap that sin caused, and he's made an opportunity for you to repent. That doesn't wear out. Your favor never fades away, and yet and still you see so many in the body of Christ walking, barely making it. Barely barely making it by the skin of their teeth, making it. I'm not saying that you need to pretend like you're making it when, when you feel like you're not, but you've got to get a perspective. You've got to get a winning or a winner's perspective in your life. Otherwise, you'll always feel like you're losing. How you doing? I'm just barely making it. How you doing? I'm hanging in there by the skin of my teeth. You know, it's like that sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I don't want you to, 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 to lie about it. Yeah, tell the truth. But I want you to focus on the truth. That may be a fact that that's how you feel, like you're just barely making it. But you need to overcome that fact with the truth that you are more, more than a conqueror in and through Christ Jesus. And so the question I want to ask you today is what wins do you celebrate and why? My concern is the people. It doesn't matter. They can win a million dollars. How are you feeling, man? I'm just, I'm just pressing in pressing in, barely making it. How you doing, sis? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. It doesn't matter what happens in their life. Why? Because their, their perspective of winning is off. Listen, the world has its version of winning, and the kingdom has its version of winning. You see, winning in the world can equal academic degrees. Now, don't get me wrong. Go get your education. Get a higher education. Get a higher than higher education. That is a wonderful thing. A God thing. Get knowledge. Get informed. Go and do it. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong about that. But your quest for enlightenment and understanding cannot end there. It cannot end at you obtaining that college degree. Let me say this as nicely as I can. I know a whole lot of dumb people with degrees. I know complete and utter fools that have degrees. Your quest for, for knowledge and your quest for enlightenment cannot end when you get your, your bachelor's or your master's or your doctorate degree. You have to be in pursuit of the knowledge and the word and the wisdom of God. Don't let it stop 
there. Winning in the kingdom. What is winning in the kingdom? If that's not winning, what's winning in the kingdom? Acquiring not just knowledge, but acquire wisdom. Chase after her. Run after wisdom with everything you have. Acquire wisdom. This is how you can make sure that you're not one of those people I know that has 18 degrees and is dumb as a doorknob. When you run after wisdom, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, it says this. Proverbs 4, 7 says, the beginning of wisdom is this. Go and get it. A wise person knows that they need to go and get wise. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, though it cost all you have. Get understanding. Get understanding. Now watch this. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, y'all got some some. I mean, we got some preachers in this house that are giving you the real, unfiltered, true word of God. Pastor James and Pastor Kirsten, Solomon is going crazy with the young people. I'm doing my best. And so you have an opportunity every single Sunday to get wisdom, to get wisdom. It's already put together for you. All you got to do is come with your ears open, your hearts open, ready to receive, and you can get wisdom. And so when you really lock into what I'm trying to get you to understand today, you can leave church today, leave a service on a Wednesday night on uh, uh, 7 o'clock uh, on Facebook Live. You can leave whatever it is, membership to discipleship. You can leave recognizing, oh my gosh, this was just a kingdom victory. This, what I just experienced, what I just experienced was a kingdom victory. What victories do you celebrate and why? The moment the light bulb goes off when you're in the word of God or you hear someone preaching and it speaks to your heart or it speaks to your situation and you leave seeing things in a more godly way than you came in, that's a victory that we should be excited about. I was better than I was five minutes ago. That's a victory. That's something that no drug, no amount of medication, it doesn't matter what it is, they can't do it. I am better and more closer to heaven now than I was just five minutes ago. That's a kingdom victory. So get your degrees, go for it, do it. I'm rooting you on, but don't let your quest stop there. Get the wise know they need to get wise. Winning in the world, you know this. This is no secret. Wealth by acquiring material things, that's winning. Look at your Facebook feed. Look at your Twitter account. Everybody has these Facebook versions of their lives. Please be careful of comparing yourself to others on Facebook. Please don't do that. It's a lie. It's a trick of the enemy. Don't fall for it. Young people, I'm talking to you on, on Twitter, on whatever it is that you're on. Please, IG, whatever it is, 99% it's, it's, of it is pretend. <laughs> they, what, they're, they're showing you what, what they think you want to see. I see so many that, that post, people I know personally, friends I grew up with that I'm still in touch with, and they're taking pictures. <laughs> in front of somebody else's car. <laughs> and I'm looking at it like, I know, we were just talking. You just called me, asked me for prayer and what you're going through, and this is what you show on Facebook. So when you compare their wins that aren't really wins at all, it's, it's, all, it's all smoke and mirrors. I'm not saying there aren't people that are doing Of course, people are doing well, but, I mean, by and large, people are, are they're, they're, they're fronting. They're fronting. And so be careful 
of that. What does winning? Winning in the world looks like acquiring material things. That's what some of my friends are doing. They're, they're finding a nice car and they're posing in front of the car and leaned up against the car knowing that if the car dealership comes out, they're going to look real cheap. Tell them, get off of my car unless you plan on buying it. This is why, why do they do this? Why? 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 Because winning in the world means acquiring things. And if, and if it looks like I'm acquiring things, if it looks like I have things that other people don't have, well, well then that means that, that the world will know that I'm winning. I'm winning. Winning in the world oftentimes means acquiring material, material things. Uh, Jesus said to the man who had millions, he said, I just want to follow you, Jesus. What does it mean? What, what, can I, what can I do to follow you? And Jesus said, go and sell all of your riches. <laughs> go sell. This is one of the few men that came in contact with Jesus more hurt than he was when he saw Jesus. He was more hurt than he was before he met Jesus. Go and sell everything you have. Sell it and give it to the poor. Then you can come and follow after me. What was Jesus attacking? See, your security is in your stuff. Security isn't in me. You're, so you you want to show to everybody else that, that you're okay because of the wealth you have. But what if you do not have that wealth anymore? Can you put your full trust in me? Winning in the kingdom Winning in the kingdom is not wealth by acquiring, acquiring material things. And I'm not telling you that you need to be broke. The devil is a liar. No, I'm not telling you to be broke, but I am trying to help you see what a win looks like. Winning in the kingdom is, uh, winning in the world is acquiring material things. Winning in the kingdom is wealth by giving. Wealth in giving. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 it says, this is one of my favorite scriptures, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Those of you who are holding on to your tithes so that you can pay your light bill, trust me, I get it. I've been there. My question for you is, how is that working for you? <laughs> Those of you who are saying, well, I really was, gonna, I was planning on getting that, that phone, and uh, I was planning on getting that coat, and I'm sneaking, I'm Jordan just came out, so I'm going to hold on to this and not get to you guys next week. How is that working for you? The reality is those who withhold always find them having themselves having to withhold. Oh, y'all don't want to hear. I'm going to keep going. Those who withhold of their finances always find themselves having to withhold their finances. But those who give find themselves always being able to give. Winning in the kingdom. Winning. In, and here's the problem with that. The challenge with that is you don't experience that until you begin to walk in the joy of giving. And so the ones who are always withholding, they don't get to experience that joy because they're always withholding. It's not until you step out and say, God, I'm going to trust you with all of it. Why? Because it all belongs to you anyhow. I'm going to trust you with all of it. Well, winning, winning, winning in the kingdom is not, is not getting material things. Winning in the kingdom is wealth in giving. What if we really recognized? And I want you to understand this. I, sometimes I just wish that I could see. Let me be careful how I say that. I wish that I could see heaven, but Lord, you know, not, not, just, not just yet. <laughs> But I wish that I could just see what is taking place in, in heaven while we're here on earth. Every time you say, Lord, I'm trusting you with this tithe. I'm trusting you with all of it. And you, and you give it on, on Giblify. You put it in the pail. I, I believe and I know that all of heaven rejoices and says, my gosh, that's a win for the kingdom. They're not depending more on their pocketbook. They're not depending more on their boss or the check they 
believe is coming, they are depending completely and fully on God himself. That's a win in the kingdom. And so I encourage you, when you give, and you give sacrificially, and you give with a joyous heart, knowing that God is always going to see you through, when you press that button on Givelify, or when you put it into the pail, just start rejoicing. Notice that I say when it comes giving time, let's continue in our praise and our worship because it's a form of praise and it's a form of worship what wins do you celebrate and why winning in the world equals living your best life living my best life y'all girl I'm living my best life <laughs> and y'all laugh because you know some of the people that I'm living my best life as most toe up struggling people is that your best life if it is I don't want it I don't want it I don't need it God living your your best life is winning by the world and that's a very loose term that's the challenge with living your best life I'm not telling you that that it's bad to walk around saying I'm living my best life but I'm just saying oftentimes it's synonymous with I'm doing what I feel like doing and I don't care I'm living my best life right now. I'm not worried about all everybody else doing. I'm living, I'm doing me. It's a very loose term. And so somebody who is sinking in sin can adequately say, I'm living my best life. Yep. Yep, right now. <laughs> You're living your, your best life. Be careful. Winning in the world equals living your best life. Winning in the kingdom means dying to the life you want for the life that God wants for you. What does living your best life look as a daughter of Christ, as a man of God? What does living your best look like? Jesus showed us. I pin it all, all of it to the cross. Everything I want to do for my own purposes so that I can look good in front of people, I pin it to the cross. Every time I feel like telling somebody what I feel like telling them, when I feel like telling them, how I feel like telling them, but I don't. And instead I pray and I use it as an opportunity to minister. That's living your best life. Every time you die to your own will, to live for God's will, that is living your best life. You cannot live your best life without living the life the creator has given you. Anything else is counterfeit. Anything else is counterfeit. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, Jesus puts it plain. He says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What is he saying here? That you know what living your best life looks like? Living your best life means even if it costs me everything. The very air in my lungs, living my best life means I gave it all for you, Jesus, to have your way in me. That's living your best life. What wins do you celebrate and why? Pastor Kirst gives a powerful message about a, a, a time where Stephen, the first martyr, goes and he is, he is stoned. And, and the scripture does say Jesus was standing at the right hand of the Father. Why was Jesus standing? Because Jesus knows what a win looks like. What wins do you celebrate? 
and why. You see, the challenge that we face on a regular basis as it pertains to winning is that the enemy is constantly suggesting that you focus only on your struggles. Be careful of this. Time and time again, think about, and, and I've talked about this before, but start doing some metacognition. In other words, thinking about your own thinking. You will expose all the enemy's schemes in your life when you start thinking about your own thoughts and how the enemy is just constantly suggesting, suggesting, suggesting. And one of the things that he's suggesting is that you focus more on your struggles than the solution. All you talk about all day long, all you think about all day long are the struggles, are the problems. And I'm not telling you not to recognize the problems in your life. Absolutely. You need to recognize the problems there are in your life, the struggles, the challenges in your life. Absolutely. But don't get caught up all in the weeds, focusing only on the problem. You're just going back and forth and back and forth. Some of you for years, for decades, only thinking about the problem. This is exactly what the enemy wants you to do. Because as long as you're only thinking about the problem, you'll never come to him for the solution. And so you just get stuck going in circles, thinking about the problem. You focus only on the trial and completely miss the triumph. Only on the test and miss out on the testimony. Listen, understand this. I, and I've, I've shared this before, and I know this is one of those things I need to give you and preach it with long suffering. The, 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 the Google search engine, it is formed after our brains. It is. Our brains work the same way as Google. Anytime you type something in to Google, Google is designed to remember what you searched for. And so if you're searching fast food restaurants near me, the next time you go in and you want to search the fastest man in the world, it's going to say, didn't you mean fast food restaurants near you? It doesn't matter. Even when you're not looking for those things, Google is always, and the more that you search a particular thing, the more readily available Google is designed to make it there in front of you. You start seeing ads for stuff that you didn't even start searching for, but, but Google knows, well, you always talking about those boots that you like. You always are typing it into Google, so we want to give you ads for the boots that you like. It's always right there in front of you. The more you search for something, the more Google gives it to you even when you don't want to search for it. And so it is with the problems in life. So it is with the way that you think. If all you do is focus on the problem, if all you do is focus on the struggle, then when you start to think about the solution, your brain is going to say, well, don't you want to be thinking about the problem? Aren't we supposed to be thinking about the struggle? Why are you thinking about winning when you're still in the struggle? 99.9% .9 of the time when you think, you're thinking about the problem. Why all of a sudden are you looking for the solution? No, didn't you mean you're still stuck? Well, well I, I just, I'm, just, I'm just speaking life. Well, didn't you mean it's not going to work out for you? So you need to just stay right here. And so you get stuck in this pattern, stuck in this pattern. This is why the scripture says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Tell the Google in your mind, no, that's not what I meant. I meant victory in Christ Jesus. I meant my marriage is going to live. I meant my finances are going to be okay. I meant God has his best for me still yet to come. I'm not thinking about death like I used to anymore. And the more you begin to think on things that lead to life, the more it's going to be easy to think about those things that lead
lead to life. This is why Paul said whatever is good, whatever is praiseworthy, what? Meditate. In other words, think about those things. Eventually, your mind is going to line up with the truth in your spirit. Jesus, somebody needs to hear that this morning. Eventually, your mind is going to line up with the truth in your spirit. But you've got to get into a mode where you're thinking more on the solution. Recognize the problem. Know there is an issue. Know that there is a struggle. But then once you recognize that, you come to he who is able to fix it and to make it right. Eventually, every time you start going back to your old ways of thinking, your renewed mind is going to say, didn't you mean we are more than conquerors? Oh, God, you can't help but to think like a winner. You can't help but to think like a winner. I want to encourage you, reroute your thoughts. Reroute your thoughts. Take dominion of your mind in Jesus' name. Condition your mind to recognize the struggle, but to focus on the solution. Just imagine with me for a moment. Imagine, imagine for a moment, what, what would life be like if you recognized and celebrated your kingdom wins regularly? And as you recognize your kingdom wins, you encouraged yourself every time you experienced a kingdom win. What would life, how would life change? What would, what would be different about your every day? Even those days that just seem ho-hum, I think those days would just absolutely, absolutely change. Imagine if every time you stepped out of your comfort zone and, and, and you encouraged somebody in the word of God and took a, a moment and celebrated that win. Imagine what life would look like. I'm telling you, one thing that will happen is you will start finding reasons to celebrate kingdom wins. And as a result, you will be pressing for kingdom wins. And so imagine if every time you call somebody and say, hey, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to tell you what the Lord told me to tell you. I just want to tell you what the scripture says. And I saw you post something on Facebook the other day, and I just wanted to give you a word to match that. And then you did that, and they received that. Imagine if you were like, yes, that was a good thing. We just, that was amazing. That was good. And then you didn't just stop there. You joined in the, in the rejoicing that took place in heaven, and then you started to encourage yourself. Good job, man. Yo, that was good. I like what we just did. I like what, that was good. That was good. Let's keep that going. Imagine if you just said kind things to yourself every time you had a kingdom, a kingdom win. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine if every time you rerouted a negative thought to one that led to life, you praised God and encouraged yourself. You're, on to, you're going to work. They're just going to overlook me again. Nobody cares about me. Or you're, you're on your way back home where she, you know, my wife doesn't even see the value in me. I might as well not even go home. No, 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 no. I am a man of God. My wife loves me. I love her. We're going to get through this thing in the name of Jesus. And imagine if you did that, you said, yeah, that was good. I saw what just happened there. I saw what just happened. God, I praise you. I magnify you. I thank you, Lord, for that kingdom win. And good job, Jason. I like how we just did that. I like how we just encouraged ourselves. Let's go and do this thing called life in Jesus' name. Imagine if you got in the habit of encouraging yourself and celebrating your kingdom wins. What wins do you say? I don't know about y'all, but I don't want, when all is said and done in, in heaven, I don't want to be the odd one out, the wallflower, when all the kingdom is rejoicing. I'm sitting there like, what are we celebrating for? Who's playing? Who's playing? I want to be used to celebrating the things that the kingdom celebrates. We might as well start right now. We might as well start right now. Imagine if every time you sought understanding in the word of God, 
and you went and you cracked open your word and you got your favorite commentary and you, and you got everything that you needed right there. And you said, I'm going to gain understanding in the scripture today if it kills me. What does he mean? And you go in and you don't let the tiredness get to you. You know, you open the word and start getting tired. I'll be the only one with my hand raised. It's all right. Pastor, we know what it's like. We know. <laughs> so he said, I, that never happens to me. I open the word and I'm just <laughs> alive. <laughs> Tell the truth. Tell the truth because this is what the, the enemy doesn't want to be exposed. He does it to all of us. Why? Because he does not want you to gain understanding. But imagine if every time you open that word, you fought through whatever fatigue suddenly comes upon you. And you pressed in for understanding in that word. And you gain understanding that puts an entire portion of your life into perspective. All the times you say, well, God, why'd you bring me through that? What sense did that make? Lord, I don't know if you saw me in this moment. And you read that word and all of a sudden it all clicks with one word. God can put your whole life into perspective. Imagine if you celebrated that kind of win. I just got closer to God in this very moment. I just got wiser. I just got better. And I just got understanding that nobody else in the world could possibly give me but you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. We just won in this moment. That was one loss for the enemy and a win for our God. Thank you, Jesus. Imagine if you celebrated your kingdom wins. What wins do you celebrate in this life? And why? I'm getting ready to wrap up. It, 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 sounds, it sounds cheesy, but it feels good to encourage yourself throughout your day. I know I may sound a little crazy to some of y'all right now, but I'm telling you, life is too tough. And I, and I heard, I think it was Dr. Miles Monroe say this once, and I said, my God, that's true. Sometimes, that's unfortunate, but it happens. Sometimes the nicest thing you'll hear about yourself all day is what you say to you. Sometimes the nicest thing you'll hear about yourself, and it doesn't mean you're living with a bunch of demons and devils incarnate that hate you and want you to die. It just means people are going about their day and they didn't take the time to say, hey, you know what? You did an amazing job that other day. When you said that, that was really profound or whatever the case. And so sometimes you've got to get into a place. And I'm going to switch that. I'm not going to say sometimes. And I don't care if y'all think I'm crazy because I'm not. Start doing this all the time. Learn to encourage yourself. Learn to encourage yourself. Sometimes the challenge is if you're not here on Sunday morning, you don't have it. Now, don't get me wrong. This is crucial. This is necessary. We all get to hear the word of God at the same time in the same place. Hear him audibly through whoever is preaching. But God has something to say to you throughout the week as well. And one of the things that he's saying to you is learn to encourage yourself. Learn to encourage yourself. The truth is we say mean things to ourselves all the time. Listen, let me put it to you like this. If someone else said the things that you say to you, you will be fighting all the time. If someone else said the mean things that you say to you, you will be, with however you deal with conference, I'm getting on Twitter, I'm getting on Facebook, or I'm rolling up my sleeves and we're going to be rolling around right here. If someone else said the things to you that you say to yourself, be kind to yourself. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, it says this. It says this. It says, now David was greatly distressed. 
from the people, for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David, what? Strengthened himself. You've got to understand this. David had went out, and they're out at war. And while they were out at war, I think it was the Amalekites came, and they took the women, and they took the children, and they ravaged the place. And when the men came back, they're all looking at David like, man, look what happened. All our women and children, they're gone. And then they say, you know what? We're going to stone this brother right now because this is some nonsense. And David had nobody there to say, hey, man, listen, it's going to be okay. Hey, man, I know they're trying to kill you. The same ones that were rejoicing with you, now this very moment they want to kill you. It's going. David didn't have anybody. Everybody wanted to kill David. But David said, Let me, I, just, I just need a moment. I need a moment. And he began to strengthen what? Strengthen himself in the Lord. Child of God, get to a place. I'm not going to be with you always. Pastor Kears isn't going to be Pastor James, Pastor Asia. We're not going to be with you always. We're not going to be there with you when they're coming up against you in the workplace just for being a Christian. We're not going to be there with you in person in the midnight hour when you're trying to figure out how to pay these bills. We might not be with you in that very instant. For all we know, this is my last day so I want to encourage you right now to learn how to encourage yourself whenever life starts beating up on you you get to a place where you say my God I know you're with me if you are with me I'm not going to fail and I'm not going to fear I don't need to turn on to YouTube every two seconds to get somebody to preach to me I know how to preach to myself I've got a word for myself your word is on the inside of me devil you're losing this one I might be by myself but in the kingdom them there are many you're losing this one today learn how to encourage yourself learn how to encourage yourself what wins do you celebrate and why every time you encourage yourself start rejoicing i'm telling you just try it the atmosphere changes Whenever you say something kind to yourself, when the enemy is trying to get you to destroy yourself, and you, that means that you win anytime you say something good, connected to God's word, celebrate that win. What wins do you celebrate and why? I'm going to close with this. Jesus celebrated. Jesus, Jesus celebrated. The wins that Jesus celebrated is this in our opening scripture, Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Y'all still with me? Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Jesus has been showing the disciples. He's been teaching the disciples. He's been doing it, and then he's been saying, okay, now I want y'all to do it. It's called discipleship. He said, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Next verse. It says this, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Let's keep going. I want to go all the, all the way. Let's keep going. I, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and over and snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Let's keep going. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names. <laughs> Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And let's keep going. Look what else he says. He says, at that time, Jesus, full of joy, 
in the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. And so Jesus is celebrating a win, but he's not celebrating a win because disciples came back to them recognizing that the demons have to flee in Jesus' name. Jesus is celebrating the win because that person that was delivered recognized that Jesus was who he said he was. That one that was delivered recognized my God. He, he came out in Jesus' name. So Jesus has to be the one that the Old Testament was talking about and they came to the full knowledge and understanding of who Jesus Christ was. Jesus was celebrating somebody who understood and came to the full knowledge of who he was. I'm not overly concerned about how the demons shudder in my name. I already knew that. But I rejoice in knowing that somebody else has come to the full knowledge of who I am. What wins do we celebrate and why? This is the kind of win that Jesus celebrated. Luke chapter 15, verse 7. We end the same way we started. Jesus said, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing. There'll be more rejoicing in heaven over the one, the one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous ones who already know me and are doing well and practicing righteousness who don't need to repent. The one. The one. Jesus celebrates even if it's just just one. You know, if I'm honest, there are times where, where I'll preach and of course this is before COVID and the altar some Sundays would be, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people coming to receive Jesus. And I got rebuked one time because I'm like preaching my heart out and I'm like, God, I'm just believing for like 10, 15 people, 20 people receiving Jesus. God, I'm giving it everything I got, Lord. And this one service, I preached everything I had. And there was one way in the back came, walking slowly, and it came. And I rejoiced. I was hoping for 20, but I got the one. And in that moment, Jesus was like, what wins do you celebrate? And why? Son, you just did your part in changing the world. One person at a time. Family, I ask you today, what wins? Yeah, celebrate the degree. That's a good thing. Celebrate the degree. Celebrate the promotion. Celebrate the, the, the whatever it is. Celebrate the, the new car. Celebrate the dream house. Celebrate the raise. Celebrate all of that. That's wonderful. But if you lose touch with what winning looks like for the kingdom, you'll always feel defeated. What wins do you celebrate? And why? And why? I don't know what challenges you're facing right now. But I do know that in the midst of your challenges, as a child of God, 
you've experienced more wins in this life than you realize. I want you to stand to your feet today. Got a little exercise for you at home, a little exercise for you right here in the house. This is going to take doing some journaling. If you don't like journaling, get over it. I, every time I talk about journaling, I, 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 this is going to happen to somebody in, in the kingdom, and I pray to somebody here. Generations, three, four, five, six, seven generations from now, that journal is going to be handed to somebody in your lineage that's going to be struggling. And they'll have the word of God, but they'll also have that journal that is just a personal connection to God's faithfulness in their life. Write it down. Jesus says, I mean, uh, David said this, I write down all of your victories and everything that's praiseworthy. Wrote it down. And so here's what I'm encouraging you to do. Man of God, woman of God, go home. Spend some time this week. Just you and the Lord. Put you on some instrumental praise, uh, worship music. Find a million of them on YouTube. And just start to journal. And what I want you to journal is, I want you to journal, now that you got this word, I want you to just write down all the kingdom wins. Not the worldly wins. Not the Facebook wins. But all the times God won on your behalf in your life. Write down your kingdom wins. And after you write down, after you fill up your whole book, because I'm telling you, you can fill up your whole book. And there's no win too small. I woke up yesterday. Lord, I didn't have to ask nobody for, for food. Uh, so I, I, I looked in my refrigerator. It might not have been much, but I had some food in there. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not in the ER gasping for life. My children are healthy. I'm still married. Whatever it is. And after you write all those things down, rejoice. 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 Come on at home. Rejoice. Come on right here at 95 Hamilton Street. Rejoice. 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 What wins do you celebrate and why? Start celebrating. Kingdom wins. Why? Because you're a winner. Why? Because Christ Jesus is a winner and made you more than a conqueror. Somebody just celebrate with me just for 10 seconds. Celebrate the wins that God has made in your life. Celebrate the wins that the kingdom is celebrating right now. Come on at home. Celebrate with me. Start clapping your hands. The enemy doesn't want you to know when you win. Start letting him know that you know what a win looks like. Somebody say, I know I'm a winner. I know I'm a winner. I'll put a melody to it. I know I'm a winner. 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 Watch this. By grace, I'm a winner. 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 Hope that sticks in your head when you're going to work. I know I'm a winner. Get it out of my head. Good. <laughs> I know I'm a winner. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity that we had to be together. It's no small thing, Lord God, to come into the knowledge and the understanding that we are more than conquerors. We got no excuse for losing. No excuse for losing. 
And so we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for making us victorious in and through your blood. Help us, oh God, as we move forward to recognize, yes, the wins that we win here on this earth, but to recognize and to celebrate every kingdom win. We join with the angels in heaven who rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen, amen. I don't want to leave here without getting an opportunity to experience this last win. If you're here this morning or maybe you're here at home and you recognize that this word is for you and you feel like you've been losing time after time after time and, and you recognize that not only are you losing but you're sinking in sin and you feel like you can't even be forgiven, I want to let you know right now that you can be forgiven. Jesus came that you could be forgiven and you can close that gap. He has closed the gap of sin. If you would just accept him, receive him as your Lord and Savior, yes, you escape the very grips of hell in your life and have an opportunity to experience the life that he has for you and it more abundantly here and thereafter. You're just one prayer away. So right here in the house and there at home with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, I've been losing because I don't have Jesus. And I don't want to suffer the ultimate loss, die without him as my savior and go to hell. I want to win in and through him. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, can you just wave at me and say, that's me, Pastor Jason. I never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I want to accept him today once and for all. I want him. I need him now. If that's you, just wave at me. Another opportunity. Maybe you're there at home. You're there at home, and I just believing in my heart that you're there at home. And I just want you to say this prayer. And we're going to say this prayer all together in the house, and I want you to say it right there in your living room. I want you to say it there in your dining room. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this opportunity. I receive it now. In this moment, I turn from a life of sin, and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, right now, I run to your righteous outstretched hand to be cleansed by your redeeming blood. By your blood, I am qualified. Father, I believe that you suffered, that you died, were buried, and on the third day, you rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures, and you ascended into heaven, and you gave me the gift of your Holy Spirit to lead me, to guide me, to empower me, to love me. I receive that gift now. Fill me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Lord, on this day, I rejoice as a winner because you are mine. And finally, I am yours. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, this morning. Come on, all the winners, give the Lord a shout of praise. What wins do you celebrate? God bless you, family. I will see you all next week. Do not forget to register at rocknewhaven.org. Also, Wednesday night, right there, Facebook Live Bible study. Please join us. I'll see you then.